Hello and welcome back to GKAD. Today we're going to be spreading our love jam all around. <laughs> Just smear it on my face. Oh my god. Gonna give myself a nice little uh, moisturizing love jam facial. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> this is definitely an old school OG GK crew episode. You can tell. Obviously you can tell because I am Jay Lee and I am joined by the effervescent. That would be you. I'm assuming I am not bubbly at all. Effervescent? <laughs> plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> I'm Loki. There. You, there we go. <laughs> you can call me Zero. <laughs> Today we are talking about Otsuka Ai's seventh album, Love Tricky, released uh, in April 2015. It's been a while since her last album, I think? Nope. About a year. Really? Love Fantastic was a year ago? I feel like she dropped off the map forever. She did. Having kids. Anyways, how tricky is your love, Jaylee? My love is straightforward, but I do have some tricks up my sleeve, much like Iotsuka. I have to say, I love this album. And as soon as I finished hearing it, I texted Zero right away, and I was like, you have to listen to this album. And I'm glad to see that in the, like, J-pop blogosphere, it's getting a lot of good commentary as well. I really wanted to point out Anna from Appears, who we had on Gaijin Kanpai way back when. Uh, she wrote a nice little review about the album, and one of the things that really stuck out to me is how she talks about how Ayotsuka, her thing is love. Every album, love. And up until this point, we've only seen this very small spectrum. Like, we've seen, you know, bubbly, happy love, or we'd see, like, my boyfriend is dead and I am destroyed love, or every now and then you'd get, like, I am a sultry piece of beef love. But th it's never really expanded out to see things like affair or topics that are tackled in this album and that's what i think is really interesting and i feel like this is probably the one iotsuka album that you get to see the most of the person behind the music where there's a lot in her previous works of just kind of like this pop veneer this it feels a lot more personal and what makes it even better is that the production is fantastic she worked with studio apartment for the entire album it flows together perfectly and it's just very cohesive and i cannot stop listening to it because it's also addictive well zero after you received your rushed text from jaylee did you <laughs> listen and feel the same way i listened and i felt the same way up until about track seven with um parallel world and busy lady that was when i started to feel like it was it was starting to get a bit one trick pony it was starting to get a bit rehashed because like um i think it's parallel world that has kind of the same plucking lead synth as as laugh but kind of the same key and feel as time machine so i was starting to go like oh, okay all right i get it they've done what they can do with this and i that didn't really turn out to not be the case as i got to the very very end of the album i'm pretty glad it was only 10 tracks it would have just felt really really draggy otherwise i think it, it was starting to get to that point but it's like it knew when to stop it knew when it was time to it was like i'm done doing my thing but i am really really glad that she did this sound overall because um on love fantastic 
what was the name of that one song? It was like 10.5 or something. She was going to get into that kind of dancey thing, but like it wasn't heavy enough on the bass. It didn't sound like it was really committing to it enough, which is kind of upsetting because it's like, that's all you are is a dance song. Just commit to being a dance song, you know? This album kind of took where she was going with that and went ahead and actually like ramped it up and did it properly. Like it's a solid enough mix. It's actually, it actually sounds finished. I have to say, one of my favorite things about this album is how, compared to so much other J-pop that's out right now, it actually sounds like it's done, you know? (laughs) It's, there's actual professionalism here, and I'm like, oh, thank God, you know? Because it's really kind of getting to a point where music is just really getting very thin for me. Like, the, the details are great, the little details are great, and the melodies are great, but, like, there's not a solid foundation of professionalism on which all of it is built anymore it's like oh god just just get people who actually do this for a living for fuck's sake so it's really really good here that she went with somebody like studio apartment who's been at this for ages and you know has his sound and does his thing and i uh i i think that the end result was very it was definitely a good meeting of the minds i think because i knowing iotska Like, even with Love Fantastic, she was still obviously kind of trying to find her stride again, because she was kind of, like, rehashing sounds that she's done before, but, like, kind of solidifying them and making sure she can still do this, you know? Because, I mean, that's that's what you do with a comeback album, let's face it. You kind of have to figure out where you're at. You have to kind of get a feel for doing this again. And she's, based on the way Love Fantastic sounded, she's clearly very, very professional. There have been way too many kind of comeback albums that were just, like, you're, you're not being perfectionist enough, you know? You're kind of resting on the fact that it's a comeback. Yeah, it, it does. It does. It feels like they're kind of phoning it in. This does not feel phoned in. This this feels like it, was, it probably would have been worth it for her to work with one or two other producers and kind of do like every other song is kind of dancey. Every other song is kind of one of her more jazzy rock type things. Um, it would have been nice to have like a Daishi Dance song in here or something. I feel like that would have meshed really well. It probably would have. But I think his style is, is too distinctive, and he is kind of a one-trick pony too. I think if to have the the, the dancey stuff on here, you can't really mix it with another dancey style and have them be because they are different. Like this is definitely more of a funk-based sound, and like it's a little more disco-leaning. And then Daishi Dance is a little more that that sort of I don't want to say trance because it's not progressive like that, but it, it's. It's very atmospheric. It's very atmospheric, yeah. It's more atmospheric and it's more pretty. And with the strings that he does so much, it would have actually kind of been like putting stripes and plaid together on this, I think. It would have been kind of like, well, no, those the kind of two varieties of a similar thing, you know. But I, I do think that probably we only needed probably tracks one through seven on this because I felt like that actually was a really solid mini album, basically. I, I thought that was just, I liked all of it and I enjoyed listening to all of it and there was actually a decent amount of variety between tracks up until that point and then at that point it was kind of like okay I'm done now you know I kind of gave up (laughs) but yeah tracks one through seven are fabulous and I just feel like it could have been truncated I'm sad that you said that you'd end at one through seven because that like cuts off two of my favorite songs I know you didn't like parallel world but I really did I felt like it was because I feel like the stretch of Reach for the Moon, Shooting Star, and Busy Lady, they were kind of the low points of the album, and it was a nice kind of uh, samba dance interjection that really kind of spiced up the album a little bit. And then you get to the last song, And, 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 which is like, when we talked about our A1 episode, 
with Ayumi, and we talked about how Moving On Without You was like the perfect encapsulation of Ayu's kind of like electronic sensibilities with what made her great in the first place. I feel like that's mm-hmm. this that song is that for Ayotsuka and 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 because it's it sounds like an I song, but at the same time it's more like an evolution. No, I, I definitely get it. I do actually like those three songs. Don't get me wrong, I really do. I just think I would have liked them a lot better if I hadn't listened to the first seven tracks on the album before. Oh, okay. I get that. If they, if those three, yeah, it really was just kind of like on the album. Like, I Use Love Again has a similar problem where, like, I like. That's true. Melodically, I love, love most of the ballads on that album. It's just listening to it as an album is exhausting and dull and I can't deal with it. So I like them much better when they're kind of stuck into my playlist randomly, you know? It's just listening to it all at once was a bit much. I forget that she's an actual, like, talented singer-songwriter. For me, for some reason, she's always been more tulip to me and less, you know, planetarium were the two examples that came to mind. So Mm -hmm. I I just forgot she was quality. And then, you know, it says all songs written and composed by Io. Is that her? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I figured. In that regard, you know, I, I really respect her and this album. More of a respect than I had going in because of the reasons I mentioned. I thought she was just, you know, vapid, J-pop, you know, cute girl who, you know, just happened to be able to sing. But uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, however, I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, I guess, wishy-washy about the album. You know, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. I just kind of have very little feeling or attachment to it uh, as a whole, to be honest with you. It sounds more to me like this album was released a couple months ago, and this is the remix version of the album. Um, It has a lot of that, and I guess it's because of the, you know, the way she chose to go with production. Mm -hmm. It it just kind of has that sound to it, you know, with Time Machine and and, and whatnot, especially with with the beginning of the album. Um, And then it gets kind of more soundscapey as you move on towards the latter half. You know, I really liked I'm Lonely. I thought that was a really good track. Really catchy hook. You know, it's the song that, you know, I keep whistling and singing to myself after hearing it. No, I think that's uh, probably my favorite track on the album too. I'm with you on that. It was was really solid. After listening to that song, like, I would get stuck in my head so fiercely that (laughs) I had trouble focusing. I like the, the soundscape of it too. Like the production is so solid on that track too. It's overall just the whole package. It's really yeah, good. I mean, there were no singles on this album, but if there were one, I would hope that it would be I'm Lonely. And then, you know, and, and Reach for the Moon was my second favorite song because I like that soothing yeah. landscapiness of the album. Um, but other than that, I mean, Time Machine kind of stuck in my head because it had a repetition aspect to it. But other than that, it was kind of like, you know, I was, for a lot of this album on my first listen through, I was doing other things and it just kind of like, oh my God, three songs have gone by and I haven't written any notes because I forgot it was playing. It just kind of, it just kind of Mm -hmm. went in one ear and out the other, but in a good way, if that, if you can make any sense of that. Um, I didn't say, oh my God, I don't want to listen to this again. It just kind of, it works, but works in a non-offensive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Zero was saying, like they know when to end the album. For, for me, when I start listening to this album, it's over before I know it, in a good way. I agree. Yeah, that ten track, you know, less than an hour is is pretty pretty darn good. And I know her personal story with you know her husband from Rip Slime. Do mm-hmm. does anyone think that Summer Lovely Days sounds like Rakuen from Rip Slime? It, I thought it sounded like a Rip I Slime did. song. <laughs> it totally it did, does. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's, I, I'm, like I said, I'm glad you guys had those feelings for it because I was kind of worried that it, this would just be kind of a, 
a throwaway, but I don't think it's a throwaway in a bad way. It's a throwaway and it's it's a good listen. I just I didn't have any strong attachments to it, but there are some good tracks mm. to to pick out from here, and the album does flow pretty nicely. I feel like this is kind of the I feel like this is kind of the album that Iotska fans would be kind of disappointed in because Love Fantastic was definitely more Iotska genre. You know, it sort of fell on that line a lot more. This one was definitely more of a, an experiment, a departure. But I'm, I'm definitely with Jaylee on the whole, like, this is her new style, but you could still hear that she's in there. And I, I think that overall, you know, her soul is still in this, which is good, you know? I, I like that. And like I said, I like the professionalism of it, and I like that it's as cohesive as it is. Another song like Shooting Star in there somewhere would have probably been nice to kind of, uh, I guess, give it a little more balance so it didn't feel like it was the same. Because it's about the same BPM the whole way through, too. That would have probably give it a little, oh, okay, we're doing this now, you know? To kind of, uh, sort of like, you know, the, the Febreze thing with the two smells in it, it switches between them, so you're <laughs> more aware of it. I feel like Eric and I both kind of had the same problem where we forgot it was on. Like, we were enjoying it, we liked it and everything, but it was just kind of like oh like i totally missed summer lovely lovely days the first time through the album and i totally missed busy lady the first time through the album but you know the second listen obviously i did okay but it it needed more of that kind of going back and forth between a couple different sounds i think to get it Mm -hmm. feeling a little bit more beefy as far as what it was a little punchier yeah love fantastic did have that going for it which i will absolutely admit oh i did want to mention something loki was talking about her marketing as a as a singer-songwriter versus as a Pop-Tart, I think that he... You are so fucking dead on with that, Eric. Her marketing really, really fails to bring out that she's actually a talented singer-songwriter. Like, it's almost not cool to be a talented singer-songwriter, which is so upsetting. I had no idea that she was writing her own stuff until I watched... This was years and years ago now, so... But, like, I had heard, you know, Fringer and a bunch of other stuff, and then I saw her at A-Nation playing the piano herself, singing Planetarium, and I was just like, oh my god, she's awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she does a really good job, actually, of balancing being, you know, adorable and sweet and fun, but also being, like, also giving you the feels in a really good way, you know? And it's and she's doing it herself, and she's, she's a legitimately creative and talented person. And I, I feel like her marketing just makes her kind of... It's like it downplays the best aspect of her. And I hear an album like this, and I can't help but be a little bit kind of like, well, I mean, is she... Because she's kind of doing the let's switch to EDM thing that all these other AVEX singer-songwriter girls have done, and just singers in general, that all these divas have done, and it's like, is this the best idea for you to be doing this? Should you or should you not be kind of going in more of a Sheena Ringo direction, you know, and experimenting more? Like, should you be doing the EDM thing? Is that the best thing for your image and your branding? You know, I feel like her branding really just, it, it, it ignores that she is an actual songwriter and and it's trying to bring out the cute adorable pop tart you know pop princess i sing and i'm it's it's like with this album she's kind of lumping herself in with ayu and amuro and kodakumi and it's and when I mean, suzuki ami was probably the first one to do this whole well i'm not selling so let's try edm thing you know which was ages ago now that but, worked out wonderful for her yeah i liked her edm side wasn't no, bad it too it just wasn't oh, okay. successful that's true it wasn't but it, i would argue it might have been ahead of its time but that's beside the point but i feel like she's kind of lumping herself in with that group when i feel like you know if we're really getting to who she is and what she does and what she's capable of and what she's best at she should probably be going in a more artsy direction not like you know inaccessible artsy but you know not pop princess machine ringo is a good uh 
path for her to go because they're both weirdos. They are. They're both quirky, adorable weirdos, and I love them both, and they're both fantastically talented people. I do... Uh, all I can figure is that maybe she's worried that if she if she does the pop princess thing, then she looks like, oh my god, the most talented artistic pop princess ever. Whereas if she tries to follow in a Sheena Ringo sort of direction, it's just kind of like, poor woman's Sheena Ringo. She sucks, man, you know? <laughs> She'd rather be the big fish in the little pond of, of divas. As far as, it's a talent pond, though, you know what I mean? Not a sales pond. Rather than be, you know, the little fish in Sheena Ringo's pond. But like, if you can do a song like Shatihata then fuck it, girl, go for it, you know? You rocked that shit, you know? <laughs> Have a Neko Saito album, come on. Uh, you know, she should collaborate with somebody like that. Not Neko Saito, obviously, because um, that would look shameless, but you know. And so, Jaylee, anything to say to wrap up here? As Loki was saying, this album was kind of, he didn't have as strong feelings as I did, and I'm trying to think, like, if I weren't an Iotsuka fan, would I like this as much? Because I was texting one of my friends who's also into J-pop, and I was like, it's so good, oh my god. And she was like, yeah, it's good, but I didn't feel like the fever that I have <laughs> with this. Because I've been following Ayotsuka for a while, and I really liked her, but I always felt like it wasn't all there. Like we've been saying, that there was a lot of kind of this like pop-tart costume that she had to put on to cover up how good she was in, as an artist. Not to say that there's anything intrinsically unartistic about pop, but they really played down her strengths as a musician. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that, unlike a lot of these pop artists, she's been getting better over the years. Like, her first few albums aren't that great. And then Love Letter was fantastic. Love Letter was amazing. I think Love Fantastic was totally solid. And this one is good, and I'm just like... It it makes me floored as an iFan. I'm just really excited, and... I'm not sure if she should go with the Sheena Ringo thing, because... She did that a little bit when she had her Tokyo Friends little side project drama thing. (laughs) And it was okay. Like, it was good, but it wasn't great. And I don't know. I kind of like this kind of dark, edgy, sultry dance music. I really like it. So, Mm -hmm. I like the dark, edgy, and sultry. I I do like the dark, edgy, and sultry side of of Oska. Affair and Laugh are just like, yes, do this all the time. But uh, it's the... The fact that I felt, I think the fact that she felt the need to channel that into the dance genre is potentially problematic. It's not a problem. It sounded great, but I wonder about where this is going, I guess, is is the best way I can put it. That's true, because as we've seen with Ayu, not to harp on her or anything, when she did dance music, it was fluffy. And Ayotsuka has a history of kind of fluffy... Mm-hmm. cotton candy with no substance so mm-hmm. I totally agree with you actually I, I didn't even think about that but she could totally get in that rut let's hope not though oh and the album is available on iTunes oh cool so. nice nice accidental segue there Speaking of iTunes, you can find us there. We're a podcast. We are. You had to mention a nice segue, and then I fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Rate us, 
five stars, but don't rate the show. Never review the show. What should they review, Loki? They should tell us what color their love jam is. <laughs> well, I should hope if you're healthy, it's a nice, solid, you know, pearlescent white color. But wait, oh my what? god, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you can take pills to make your love jam taste like apple. It's like poopery for love jam. <laughs> Y'all are nasty. And you can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> I am GKJ Lee. She is GK0 Z-E-R-0. And he is GK Loki. L-O capital K-I. And the show is J-Pop J-Rock underscore. Well, thank you for listening to GKAD. Until next time. <laughs> I'm Loki. I am Jay Lee. And you can call me, but I probably won't answer because I'll be avoiding calls from Loki. Johnny. Johnny.